Hey everyone, it's your host of See Jurassic Right, Stephen Ray Morris here, just dropping in to say, I hope you've been enjoying all the new episodes in 2023 and 2024 so far. There are new interviews with filmmakers, musicians, scientists, the screenwriter of Land Before Time, audio essays about the rich history of the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World franchise, and all the news about the upcoming animated show Jurassic World Chaos Theory and the as-of-yet untitled Jurassic World sequel coming next summer. I really need your help supporting the show right now, and you can do that by leaving a tip and or giving a monthly follow on Patreon, patreon.com slash There are $1 and $5 tiers, but more is coming. Sharing the show, giving five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts, and liking and commenting on social, at Stephen Ray Morris on Instagram and Twitter, goes a long way to help boosting the show's visibility again online in this new era. I'm an independent podcaster and your support is so important and means the world to me in keeping this podcast running. Link to the Patreon is in the show notes. Hold on to your butts. Thank you. And now on to the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I was six years old, and I already loved dinosaurs, so even though the movie was PG-13, my dad uh, took me to see Jurassic Park in June of 1993. I grew up in Anaheim Hills, California, which is a little suburb nook thing (laughs) off of uh, jutting out of Anaheim, California in Orange County. Um, We went to Cinemopolis, uh, which was a movie theater. Uh, It like changed hands like the entire time I lived there, eventually becoming uh, Galaxy Cinemas and Cinema City and um, but it was one of the two movie theaters um, in Anaheim Hills. And I remember my parents had already split up by that point. So um, my dad had come down uh, because he was living in Pasadena at the time. He had come down to take me to go see a movie, which I thought was really surreal a little bit because knowing him now, he's not somebody who's into going to movies during the day. So he was like, but we'll make an exception. 
And it was cool because I remember this part I remember very clearly. Uh, it was that thing where they like, and they don't do it as much now. I worked at a movie theater uh, my first year at college, uh, and they didn't do it for anything that summer. This was when Pirates 2 came out. But they like decorated the movie theater to be like, hey, this is the big movie that's coming out. So there was that sort of fern wave uh, aesthetic uh, with like bamboo and ferns and so when you went into the movie theater you you know you were like entering into another world so my fandoms at that point were ninja turtles and ghostbusters i remember having the toys i even had a land of the lost thing which i later incorporated into my jurassic setup uh and i was playing little league at the time and hating it i definitely wasn't a sports kid and still not um But that was kind of the state of mind going into Jurassic Park. We're sitting in the theater, you know, and it's, I mean, it's Jurassic Park. It's, you know, it's it's a blockbuster that really takes its time with showing you. I mean, you get a glimpse of the raptor at the very beginning, but it isn't until the Brachiosaurus and the Parasaurolophuses, Parasaurolophi, uh, you know, you get to see dinosaurs in its full glory, and it's incredible. And then it gets scary. I mean, uh, you know, between... I mean, especially when it hits to the uh, Tyrannosaurus uh, Rex. I mean, it's even scary with the, the Triceratops being sick and everything. And then there's the hurricane. So then it's, you know, it's that slow build. And then finally the T-Rex... Uh, escapes out of the um, the paddock. You know the power's out. Lex and Tim are terrified, and you know Grant and Malcolm are just like, ah, like, like there's a giant dinosaur and it's about to eat these children of the dude that paid us to come out here. We got to do something, and you know, and this is something that's very much, you know, was was you know, my father's sort of recollection of my experience, you know, I only have feelings, um, about this, um, but it feels correct. And this is the thing that my father told me that, and I believe it's not even necessarily the first T-Rex chase or the, you know, T-Rex attacking, um, the Ford Explorers and Lex and Tim and all that, but it was even it was after when um, Dr. Ellie Sattler and uh, Robert Muldoon are rescuing Ian Malcolm, and the T Rex is chasing them. And this I remember very clearly. That was what I was scared of, and I started crying. And my father asked me, "Do you want to leave? Do you want to go? Like, you know, is this too scary?" <laughs> Uh, what did I take my child to? This is a PG-13 movie. Uh, Laura Dern's yelling, shit, 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 you know, at the top of her lungs uh, as this giant T-Rex is just barreling down on them uh, with their stick shift Jeep. And my response to my father was, no, this is beautiful. And I, it still stuck with me, and I think it relates to why I was fascinated by dinosaurs and why I think... You know, people like Michael Crichton, Steven Spielberg, and Kathleen Kennedy, you know, say people are fascinated by dinosaurs because I think it's true. It's like, you know, they're big and scary, but they're all gone. So there's that curiosity there that, 
you might not necessarily have for things that are dangerous that are still around. And, you know, I stayed and watched the movie uh, and loved it. <laughs> I mean, later when I would go and visit my dad every two weeks, um, and so I would go up to Pasadena, my sister and I, and, you know, we would go to Crown Books and Blockbuster, and I remember when Jurassic Park first came out on VHS and, uh, you know, just watching it dozens and dozens of times in this tiny apartment in Pasadena. I think Jurassic Park really ignited those things for me. Uh, the Sublime, which really, to me, uh, is that combination of awe and terror. <laughs> Being able to... I, I think for me as a six-year-old, I think that was the first time I experienced sort of multiple emotions at once and I feel like that maybe is that that's putting a lot on it but I mean it's really hard for me to remember anything before Jurassic Park I mean again vague recollections of Ninja Turtles and uh you know stuff like that and you know not liking t-ball but uh because of you know this thing that's carried on through my life I think it's definitely created a through line you know, Jurassic Park is kind of a backbone and I think a home base to sort of, you know, leap out and explore with that. You know, I find myself coming back to Jurassic Park all the time. I kind of relish the idea that this is a source of strength in my life. And now in 2017, when I'm recording this, I want to include it in my life. I want to find ways to share these feelings feelings, this really um, specific thing, because I think a lot of other people uh, share similar feelings in one way or another with this particular movie, um, with dinosaurs, and I think that's why I wanted to start this podcast, all because, you know, that feeling as a six-year-old sitting in that theater, that's something that I've never felt. But in many ways, I've built upon that experience, and it's kind of informed everything I've done since. One, two, three, four. Filled with odd fright, see Jurassic right, bathe in ember light, see Jurassic right, see Jurassic right, 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 see Welcome to See Jurassic Right. I'm your host, Stephen Ray Morris. Uh, you may know me as uh, the host of the Percast, along with my friend Sarah Iron. And I produce the true crime podcast, My Favorite Murder, with Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hard Stark. And I'm obsessed with Jurassic Park. Uh, I love the movies. I love the filmmakers. You know, I was, a you know, always a big Steven Spielberg fan. Kathleen Kennedy rocks my socks. Um, she's somebody who I, who I now in my adult life working in the industry really look up to and admire. And I've always loved dinosaurs. I, <laughs> I would... Um, and I still have it. I actually have a dinosaur encyclopedia that I, uh, Donald F. Glutt, um, is just an encyclopedia of dinosaurs. I would just sleep with it. I would walk around with it. I mean, it's, there's no narrative. I mean, it's literally just, you know, Triceratops, Tyrannosaurus, but I love them. So, 
I mean, it seemed like a pretty good fit that I was going to like Jurassic Park. An adventure 65 million years in the making, Jurassic Park opened on June 11, 1993. It was directed by Steven Spielberg and written by David Kep and Michael Crichton. It was based on a 1990 novel by Michael Crichton, and it was produced by Kathleen Kennedy and Gerald R. Molin. It was shot by Dean Kundi, production designed by Rick Carter, edited by Michael Kahn, sound by Gary Rydstrom, music by John Williams, and with visual effects from Industrial Light and Magic. It starred Sam Neill as Dr. Alan Grant, Laura Dern as Dr. Ellie Sattler, Jeff Goldblum as Dr. Ian Malcolm, Richard Attenborough as John Hammond, Joseph Mazzello as Tim Murphy, Arena Richards as Lex Murphy, Bob Peck as Robert Muldoon, Martin Ferrero as Donald Gennaro, Wayne Knight as Dennis Nedry, Samuel L. Jackson as Ray Arnold, B.D. Wong as Dr. Henry Wu, Cameron Thor as Louis Dodson, Miguel Sandoval as Juanito Rostongo, and Gerald R. Molan as Dr. Harding. The dinosaurs in the film, in order of appearance, are Velociraptor, Brachiosaurus, Parasaurolophus, Triceratops, Tyrannosaurus rex, Dilophosaurus, and Gallimimus. So Jurassic Park was a huge hit. It was the top-grossing film, I believe, until Titanic. Uh, it won three Academy Awards, two for sound and one for visual effects. Um, you know, it was kind of this critical mass, you know, an induction into the, you know, if if Jaws was sort of the modern blockbuster born, Jurassic Park was the modern blockbuster perfected. Under the direction of Steven Spielberg, Jurassic Park defied genre conventions to sort of be um, an action-adventure, cautionary tale, disaster movie, monster movie, you know, thoughtful treaties on morals and ethics of science, you know, informed by Michael Crichton's writing. And it really was, you know, elevated to something that maybe I can only see akin to Ridley Scott's Alien in that sense that it was, you know, it was informed by, you know, you know, as in Alien, as in like a horror film or a monster movie, you know, Jurassic Park was informed by these monster movies and these action adventure serials. But it was definitely aiming higher and it took a little bit more care uh, while still having fun because ultimately it is a genre film. So, and I think that's why it was like the, yeah, perfect concoction, uh, you know, for all these things to make it a successful blockbuster. Um, and I think, you know, is is I think a lot of successful blockbusters now uh, toe that line really well. Um, as a six-year-old, I loved the dinosaurs. I loved... Uh, you know, I mean, I don't know if I was concerned too much with story or anything, but I mean, I definitely was interested in, you know, the thoughts behind it. And, you know, um, I mean, <laughs> mostly I just wanted to see a dinosaur. But, uh, you know, in that Christmas, just getting the toys and, you know, playing with all of that and just kind of wanting to live in that world, that world where dinosaurs and man, you know, were thrown into the mix together. And so in 1997, uh, my wish was fulfilled, as is a lot of kids, I think at the time, uh, Steven Spielberg made a sequel to Jurassic Park called The Lost World, Jurassic Park. Something has survived as the tagline goes. Lost World opened May 23rd, 1997. It was directed by Steven Spielberg, written by David Kemp, 
based on the 1995 novel by Michael Crichton, executive produced by Kathleen Kennedy, shot by Janusz Kaminski, edited by Michael Kahn, sound by Gary Rydstrom, music by John Williams, and with visual effects by Industrial Light and Magic. And it featured Jeff Goldblum returning as Dr. Ian Malcolm, Julian Moore as Dr. Sarah Harding, Vanessa Lee Chester as Kelly Curtis, Dr. Ian Malcolm's daughter, Vince Vaughn as Nick Van Owen, Richard Skiff as Eddie Carr, Pete Pulsawit as Roland Tembo, Arliss Howard as Peter Ludlow, Peter Stormare as Dieter Stark, Harvey Jason as A.J. Sidhu, Thomas F. Duffy as Dr. Robert Burke, Thomas Rosales Jr. as Carter, and Camilla Bell as Kathy Bowman. And also returning to the sequel was Richard Attenborough as John Hammond, and brief appearances by Arena Richard as Lex Murphy and Joseph Mazzello as Tim Murphy. The dinosaurs in order of appearance were Compsognathus, Stegosaurus, Parasaurolophus, Pachycephalosaurus, Gallimimus, Mementiosaurus, Tyrannosaurus, Triceratops, Velociraptor, and the flying reptile Pteranodon. I saw it opening weekend with my father, as well as my sister and my then stepmom and stepbrother at the time. We saw it at the same theater. I think it had been renamed as Galaxy Cinemas at that point, but uh, I can't be sure. And at that point, as a 10-year-old, I was still fully engrossed. It was at this point in my life where I, again, this sort of split-brained desire uh, stemming from, you know, Jurassic Park and now Lost World. It was, do I want to be a marine biologist or paleontologist when I grow up? Or I wanted to make movies. And my dad had purchased for me a Hi8 camera, and I would make stop-motion films with my Jurassic Park toys and my Legos and stuff. As I was getting older, I started writing fan fiction at this time, which maybe uh, will have some of my very talented actor friends and performer friends. Uh, maybe we'll read some out loud uh, in future episodes of the podcast. And that continued to grow as I got hyped up for the third adventure in the Jurassic Park franchise. Now, at the time, it was the summer between eighth grade and ninth grade. I was getting ready to go to high school. I was taking tennis lessons and trying out for the tennis team, which I was terrible at. Didn't make it. Spoiler. But this was when, you know, in 2001, there was definitely message boards. There was definitely, you know, there was definitely videos you could watch on your dial-up AOL modem. And I was – Jurassic Park 3 was probably the first movie that I actively – was anticipating. Shout out to Dan's JP3 page, which I, um, for some reason, my name on those boards was JP Exciter, which combined uh, a Depeche Mode album and Jurassic Park. Uh, I had seen Depeche Mode that year at the Staples Center, so I guess I was into Depeche Mode uh, as much as Jurassic Park. Maybe I, that part I don't remember or hasn't stayed with me. But what I do remember is following along with tidbits and filming. I remember you could like watch behind the scenes, uh, you know, behind the scenes stuff. Uh, you know, we're down like people were all downloading like these like, you know, 240p or like smaller size like trailers and snippets from television that people have probably spent hours uploading, you know, hypothesizing, theorizing, writing more fan fiction, all that stuff. And yeah, that was kind of the atmosphere leading up to to the release of Jurassic Park 3. It's not just a walk in the park. Jurassic Park 3 opened July 18th, 2001. It was directed by Joe Johnston, written by Peter Buckman, Alexander Payne, yes, that one, Jim Taylor, 
Executive produced by Steven Spielberg, produced by Kathleen Kennedy and Larry Franco, shot by Shelley Johnson, uh, with production designed by Ed Vero, edited by Robert Dalva, sound by Christopher Boys, music by Don Davis, and visual effects by ILM. The cast included Sam Neill returning as Dr. Alan Grant, William H. Macy as Paul Kirby, Taya Leone as Amanda Kirby, Alessandra Nivola as Billy Brennan, Trevor Morgan as Eric Kirby, Michael Jeter as Udesky, John Deal as Cooper, Bruce A. Young as Nash, Taylor Nichols as Mark, Mark Herlick as Ben Hildebrand, and Julio Oscar Machoso as Enrique Cardoso. And Laura Dern returned briefly as Dr. Ellie Sattler. The dinosaurs in order of appearance in the film are Velociraptor, Triceratops, Corythosaurus, Stegosaurus, Parasaurolophus, Brachiosaurus, Spinosaurus, Tyrannosaurus, Compsognathus, Ankylosaurus, the flying reptile Pteranodon, and Ceratosaurus. While I choose to appreciate Jurassic Park 3 now as a black comedy in the vein of Alexander Payne's Sideways and About Schmidt, I think I just liked it at the time. I mean, it was definitely a very different movie from the original and The Lost World. It was much cartoonier. It was more, definitely more of a B movie. But um, I appreciate, again, I appreciate picking up on the black comedy vibes. Um, and I hope other people maybe think of it that way. Uh, but, you know, it definitely, you know, it's definitely not as good as the original. Uh, but I think there's a lot to love about it. And, um, but as far as trilogy cappers go, it's certainly left a lot to be desired. And this was really my. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70 percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I transition away from, you know, sort of dinosaur Jurassic Park geekdom. Uh, I discovered something way cooler, Lord of the Rings, uh, and music, and, you know, throughout the rest of high school, uh, I kind of, you know, I turned away from Jurassic Park. Uh, and the franchise itself went dormant as well. You know, there had been, you know, every few years, you know, it was that thing like, hey, we're going to Jurassic Park 4 is going to happen. But, uh, you know, nothing happened. So my obsession kind of faded. And then I went to college. I went to UC Santa Barbara, the University of California, Santa Barbara, 
Um, it's about an hour to north of Los Angeles. I was a film and media studies major and minored in English. And I became that pretentious film school kid who loved Breathless and In the Mood for Love and Chungking Express. And, you know, things where nothing happens and people stare at each other with intensity and there's meaning. And uh, through most of my college, that was sort of my MO, was making these boring, uh, you know, quiet student films uh, and things, you know, and writing things of that, you know, where people are sad and in love. But I still was interested in genre. I still found ways to incorporate that into things I was doing. You know, it was an end of the world movie, but that was just sort of the backdrop for people and their feelings. But hey, I mean, I was into it. So on my 22nd birthday, my birthday is April 17th, my really good friends, Annie, Ingrid, and Monica, were going to throw me a birthday party. And I am not somebody who really likes people to throw me birthday parties. I'm someone who likes to have control of the situation. I like to throw parties because I like to have something to do, and being a host just means that I can run around and check in with people, and I don't have to sit anywhere for too long. But they were going to throw me a party. And they were... Their house was sort of, uh, you know, in Isla Vista was sort of our de facto film nerd party house. Uh, you know, and party means just watching lots of YouTube videos and getting drunk. So that's the party. But they were going to throw me a Jurassic Park birthday party, my 22nd birthday party, my senior year of college. I dressed up as Dr. Ian Malcolm, of course, complete with, you know, the, the couple buttons down open and, you know, all black everything. And what really astounded me as the party started going was that everyone was dressing up. There was uh, my friend Schmitty dressed up as Gennaro, complete with the, the, you know, the khaki shorts. There was felt dinosaurs. My roommate uh, Evan dressed up as, like he made a mask from like the dinosaurs from that sitcom. There was my friend Sarah, who would go on to be a real uh, geologist, uh, you know, had a Jurassic Park uh, shirt, and she even gave me a an actual fossil, not a dinosaur fossil, but an actual fossil that she found uh, for my birthday. There was a few dinosaur cakes. My sister, who had just moved to Santa Barbara to go to the city college at the time, came. Uh, it was really special, and it's sort of, I think, for me now looking back, it's sort of. It was like, oh, here's this thing I liked as a kid, but now here is all these people who, like, like it. And it wasn't necessarily something we all, like, talked about. I mean, I obviously, we did talk about it because it's a, you know, a good movie and it's, and a lot of people in film school like Steven Spielberg and, and you know, he, you know, he's a pantheon for, for sort of classic American cinema, but, and, and, you know, and modern blockbusters and things like that. But it still was just, I was still very, like, blown away and... There was this moment where, because I'm somebody who like just falls asleep at parties all the time, and I have really amazing friends because nobody ever drew on me in college, um, at least as far as I can remember. But I remember at some point in the party, I disappear, and <laughs> Annie and Ingrid and Monica are looking for me, and Evan's looking for me. Like, where'd Steven go? Where'd Steven go? Uh, they find me in the back, hiding under the bed. 
and they're like, what are you do- what are you doing? And I think I was just like, I mean, I was obviously it's your birthday. So everyone is just, you know, pouring you drinks and stuff. And I just was like, uh, I can't go back out there. I know everybody, um, which is a very overwhelming thing to say. Uh, and that's another thing I've been trying to parse out uh, ever since. But, you know, I, I think for me, really drawing some sort of conclusion from this party is mostly because it's like oh cool like this like I was saying earlier like this thing I like is being kind of recontextualized for me as an adult it's not it is born from nostalgia but it's creating new memories from it which I really appreciate I mean we played the there is that YouTube Nedry remix that uh that somebody made um I mean I'll definitely put it in the notes but and now Jurassic Park is tied to a new memory of a time where I felt like I had a central friend group. I mean, that's just, you know, and that just was special, uh, I think. I think that, you know, I, I don't really spend a lot of time looking back at all, but that's definitely a time that I think about fondly, for sure. And it kind of... Uh, made me think about Jurassic Park again it made me kind of oh hey you know sure masculine feminine and like uh, 400 blows and you know all these movies are great but hey you liked you know these movies as a kid and they made you feel this way and and, you know they were doing things for you in that way why not you know not everything has to be lost in translation or you know uh, again in the mood for love or something you can uh, you know, you can like these blockbusters and they can say something meaningful. And uh, it was sort of like, oh, cool. I can, again, experience Jurassic Park in a new way. So after a pit stop in New Zealand and a short stint in the UK, I moved to Los Angeles in 2011. Uh, as most people who want to be in the industry do. I started working for a motion graphic studio and spent a lot of time in front of the computer, you know, starting to write, starting to, you know, want to do, you know, film journalism stuff on the side and still being interested in filmmaking on some level. Although I, after, uh, after, uh, living in London, I kind of decided that I didn't want to do that anymore, but still fascinated by the industry and still wanting to work in it in some capacity as I was starting to do. And, having a day job you know having a job that is kind of all consuming sort of you know gives you the desire to have hobbies and i think that really helped my jurassic park obsession kind of start to build again i would go to like frank and sons this like nerd swap meet down in the city of industry in pomona area and i would find vintage jurassic park trading cards and you know just collect kind of trying to find some of the ephemera from when i was a kid currently the toys are still too expensive for me but one day uh and so when jurassic park celebrated its 20th anniversary in 2013 i was like ready to go all in again and uh and Universal decided to re-release the film in 3D and in IMAX on my birthday. My ex and I at the time, we met with a bunch of people at the you know local brew at Universal City Walk. And I remember just like handing out like trading cards just for each one of my friends who were there, what, uh, you know, dinosaurs or characters. And my ex even like got party favors and stuff. It was just like, 
this, you know, sort of surreal mix of like being an adult drinking a beer and, you know, but then having like kids party favorite. I don't know. It was just it was just, a you know, at a time when I was kind of not knowing what I was doing and everything and like, what do I want to do in this industry? Like that was just a source of, again, this like kind of centering thing of like, cool, now I'm going to watch Jurassic Park again in the theaters for the first time since I was a kid. This is awesome. And I'm seeing it with a bunch of, you know, friends and and things like that. So that screening clinched it for me. I wanted to know when the next Jurassic Park movie was coming out. I wanted to just, you know, dive back into dinosaurs, you know, going to the, the Natural History Museum had just opened up a brand new exhibit, you know, with like tons of fossils and, you know, complete skeletons and everything. Uh, I was, yeah, I was totally back in. And then Jurassic World gets announced, not Jurassic Park 4, Jurassic World. Uh, so I start, uh, blogging about it, uh, you know, trying to find websites to write for, whether it's on my own Tumblr or medium or, you know, eventually sites like Geek and Sundry and Rogue's Portal. I also got really involved in the fan communities on Tumblr, uh, Jurassic Raptors page and I Heart Jurassic Park and It's Jurassic World. Short of doing fan fiction, I was probably more obsessed than I'd ever been. Uh, which eventually led to me writing a book. Uh, Molding a Jurassic Universe is a collection of essays that uh, Thought Catalog put out in May of 2015. And it's sort of a primer for the Jurassic Park franchise if you're somebody who's just interested in learning more. Uh, thinking about, you know, if you're just somebody who loves to just geek out about it and likes likes to think about, you know, what it all means in relation to, you know, pop culture and sort of a cocktail of things I learned in film school, geeky observations, and just sort of that desire to uh, dissect pop culture and just gossip with my friends. And like I said, that book was released in May of 2015, one month before Jurassic World was released. With the tagline, The Park is Open, Jurassic World was released on June 12, 2015. It was directed by Colin Trevorrow, written by Derek Connolly, Colin Trevorrow, Rick Jaffa, and Amanda Silver. It was executive produced by Steven Spielberg and Thomas Toll, produced by Frank Marshall and Patrick Crowley, shot by John Swartzman, production designed by Ed Vero, edited by Kevin Stitt, with sound by Al Nelson, music by Michael Giacchino, and visual effects again by ILM. The film starred Bryce Dallas Howard as Claire Deering, Chris Pratt as Owen Grady, Vincent D'Onofrio as Vic Hoskins, Ty Simpkins as Gray Mitchell, Nick Robinson as Zach Mitchell, Omar Sy as Barry, B.D. Wong as the returning Dr. Henry Wu, Irfan Khan as Simon Mizrani, Jake Johnson as Lowry Crothers, Lauren Lapkus as Vivian, Katie McGrath as Zara, Brian T. as Hamada, Judy Greer as Karen Mitchell, Andy Buckley as Scott Mitchell, and Jimmy Buffett cameoed as the Margarita Guy. The dinosaurs in order of appearance are Indominus Rex, Pachycephalosaurus, Velociraptor, Triceratops, Parasaurolophus, Stegosaurus, Gallimimus, Apatosaurus, Tyrannosaurus Rex, the marine reptile Mosasaurus, Ankylosaurus, and the flying reptiles Pteranodon and Dimorphodon. Suffice to say, 
expectations were high. It had been over 14 years since the release of Jurassic Park 3, and over 20 years since the original. And not just for me, but for, I think, modern movie-going audiences. Uh, The Marvel Cinematic Universe was already this living, breathing thing, and Disney was the behemoth, you know, that it is now. My buddy Daniel put it in perspective, at least for me personally, by saying, I don't care if I like the movie, but I want you to like the movie. I just wanted the night to be special. I'd actually been laid off from a full-time job the day before, uh, so I had a lot of time to get ready that day. In the film, there are these bracelets that are your tickets to the park that allow you access to all the different rides and everything. Uh, and as a tie-in, uh, the marketing released slap bracelets that, you know, look like them. So I bought a ton for my friends because ever since moving to L.A., uh, the Arclight Theaters and assigned seating really has been a godsend. Uh, what my friends and I would do is we'd post on Facebook, hey, I want to go see Prometheus or Dark Knight Rises. Here's the date. Here's the time. Here are my seats. Here's the link. If you want to come with me, Cool. And when it was all said and done, when we walked into the theater, there were over 20 of us going to see Jurassic World together. And I was, like, blown away. Be that Like, I was blown away that people, you know, took that time to be like, you know what, I want to see Jurassic World with Steven. Like, Culver City is kind of far from where a lot of my friends lived at the time, so... It really meant a lot, you know, kind of, you know, kind of felt like, a, a, again, recontextualizing my Jurassic Park experience uh, from when I was a kid to when I was at UC Santa Barbara. And now as an adult working in the industry, hey, Jurassic Park, this experience, let's do it again. Let's have it together, except this time it's this new movie. Uh, my book had been out and all these factors had sort of culminated in this one evening and I wrote a piece comparing it to a moment at the end of The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. And in the Wes Anderson film, Bill Murray plays Steve Zissou, a Jacques Cousteau filmmaker type who is hunting down the rare jaguar shark that has eluded him his whole life that killed his best friend. And near the end of the film, uh, he's in the submarine with his friends and his foes and his loved ones, and they all kind of put their arms on him, and he sort of just is like oh, I've been waiting for this moment my whole life. And now, whether or not I liked Jurassic World, this was the most important part about it, was sharing this thing with my friends and and sort of having this together that we could all laugh about and pick apart and critique and be like, well, that was cool or whatever, you know. And it was just an evening where everything kind of halted for a moment and we could sort of witness and share something together and that doesn't happen a lot anymore so i will i mean i will treasure it forever so what's next since jurassic world's release my life has taken on a completely different direction and i've been lucky to work and play with so many cool and interesting and fun people and just make awesome podcasts and art and I think it's time I bring my love of Jurassic Park and podcasting together, which is this podcast that you're listening to, See Jurassic Right, with Jurassic World 2, still entitled, 
uh, by the way, looming on the horizon. Uh, I wanted to just talk to my friends and talk to artists and performers and comedians and filmmakers about their Jurassic Park memories. And I also wanted to share yours as well. I want See Jurassic Right to be your place to sort of revel in these memories and, and personal experiences and stories and the intimate ways that pop culture uh, affects our lives. Um, so that's what I'm hoping to do once a month uh, on this podcast. And if you have a personal Jurassic Park story or a personal dinosaur story, you can call 323-688-6969 and just leave me a message. I'm just really looking forward to hearing how you know this film and this franchise and dinosaurs and Jeff Goldblum have uh, affected your life in positive or even negative ways. 65 million years of waiting Well, oh yeah Well, all right Well, oh yeah Well, all right Well, all right Now you can also interact with me and the show by following me on Twitter at Stephen Ray Morris and following SJR Pod on Twitter, See Jurassic Ride on Instagram, See Jurassic Ride on Facebook, or you can send me an email at seejurassicride at gmail.com. Not only am I looking forward to talking to people about their Jurassic Park experiences and hearing yours, but I also am going to be sharing ephemera from my childhood, and oh god, I'm going to share the fan fiction uh, on there as well, and pictures and toys and everything. It's going to be great. And I wanted to thank Caitlin Thompson and Tim Ruggery at ACAST, Molly McAleer, Heather Mason, Stephanie Cook, Sarah Iyer, and you. See Jurassic Right is an ACAST podcast. Check out the show on their mobile app. And thank you for listening. Until next time. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.